unfiltered, uncensored, and unapologetic. This is the Retail War Zone Podcast. So, all right. Um, tonight, we have Allison and Asia with us. They worked for a place that sells Ben's clothing. Um, otherwise known for sake of this video, the testosterone warehouse. So, Allison and Asia, say hello. Hello. All right. <laughs> so, um, what I'll do is I kind of start. I'll start with you, Allison. Um, now, first of all, did you two work in the same location, or were they Brief- different ones? Briefly, we did work in the same location, but mostly we did not. Got you. From my memory. But you're. Am I right? No, no, that's right. I started at a different place and I only went to the other store as necessary. But I went to a bunch of other stores. Right. All right. So, um, Allison, so tell us what got you there, what you did like about it, and then I guess you guys kind of share a story and you guys can go into that. Okay. What got me there? Like what, how I ended up there? Well, I started working for uh, After Hours Formal Wear and they were bought by Men's Warehouse. So it was a merger, so to speak. That was an interesting, that was an interesting transition because we had been bought by other department stores like May's department store and we'd had other acquisitions in the past, but none of them affected business until Men's Warehouse bought After Hours, and they changed everything, everything. The computer system, the the phone system, they changed the, the tags on the garment, everything changed, which was a positive change at the time. Um, and I really enjoyed working there during that time. Now, you did make a comment. Uh, I just want to get this out of the way. It changed after um, the founder passed away correct that is true that was in 2013 well no the founder didn't pass away he was fired by the board oh so he was ousted he's still alive he's still alive he's still, wow he got ditched from his own company by the board which mm-hmm. is very rare in history for that to happen um you might remember a certain apple ceo that was also ousted by his company that is correct. Now, because he was, you know, a pretty big face for the company because he did all the commercials, correct? Right. <laughs> he was the I guarantee it guy. Wow, that is that's really kind of amazing that that actually transpired that way, to be honest with you. I was totally unaware that it is. And go ahead. He has a tell all book that he just came out with at the end of uh twenty twenty one called I Guarantee It. Oh really? Mm-hmm. It's worth a read. I have to check that out. So in your time there, um, what would you say was like the driving force in everything changing? I mean, from like the C-suite corporate level, I mean, did you guys get any kind of support from HR with what you guys were going through at all? Or did it just become we didn't care? Well, when when After Hours was bought by Men's Warehouse, that was in like 2006, I think. Mm-hmm. 
2006, we didn't see any real big changes, I believe, until 2007, which was right before like the the big the great short thing that happened where the um, the stock market dropped and we had that recession. So things were really good then, though. Um, the The merger was amazing. The men's warehouse treated after hours employees very well, and George Zimmer generally treated his employees very well. So that was all a positive. Um, the recession hit us pretty hard, and there were like a year or two where we didn't get raises, but um, we came out of that decently enough because Men's Warehouse and George Zimmer had a had no debt, uh, so it was it was pretty easy to for us comparatively with other compared to other retail companies to get through that recession. And then when George Zimmer was ousted in 2013, it was because the bigwigs of the company wanted a raise. They wanted more money and they, the only way to really do that. And the, or at least the way they proposed to the board was to do it on the backs of the frontline workers, which was to cut payroll and cut bonuses. Ooh. Yeah. So that was the biggest change I think that we saw at that time, other than George Zimmer had a huge following. Um, Asia might remember he came to the holiday parties. Mm-hmm. We all got to meet him and dance with him if we wanted to. Yeah, he's a nice guy. He's, he's a nice guy. guy. Yeah. That's I'll let, I'm sorry. That's I'll let extremely you talk. cool. <laughs> that's extremely no. cool that he he's was, a, you know, what I would say that um active in the workforce. I mean, the fact that he would come to these you know, soirees or whatnot and mingle with you guys is great, actually. And I've only seen one CEO, you know, from any of the companies that I've worked for actually do that. And it is extremely impressive when you witness that the first time. Um, Asia, how did yeah. how did you get there? Um, so I was in college. I actually started working at Miss Ware. Uh, it was called After Hours when I got, when I was hired as well. <clears throat> and I was in college and I had, I, I kid you not, $25 in my bank account. And I was like, I have to get a job somewhere. Uh, so I applied and I, I got a job after hours. But shortly after I was hired, it was uh, acquired by Men's Warehouse and became MW Tux uh, shortly after I started working there. So I didn't really have the after hour experience that Allison was talking about. Um, but I was there during the transition where everything started changing. So like the logos changed, all the clothes changed. Um, our standard operating procedures changed, reg- everything, top to bottom changed. Um, and I just started working there in 2000. I'm in my freshman year of college, so 2006 or seven. Um, and I stayed there for like three, three years, four years. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, initially I thought everything was great about the company. I, I like working there because... Um, you got the, we, we were right across the parking lot from David's Bridal, so you basically were involved in people's weddings from beginning to end. And I just thought that was cool to do. Wow. So now, in speaking with you two, did you guys encounter the same problems like when you were both working in the same store? Was that what the kind of discussion that you guys had that night? I don't think that we encountered the same problems in the same store because I had an issue uh, uh, particularly like with sexual harassment and um, nepotism and um, um, some other issues with like um, 
uh, like my pay and all that uh, with stores, like my main store. But um, the stores I work with in Allison, I really have any issues. I mean, besides like her district manager. So your problems did not happen <laughs> until you were actually, you know, bought by men's warehouse, correct? Right. Um, go ahead. Our whole company. So we became a men's warehouse store instead of an after hours store. So we had a new district manager and all of that leadership changed and we had to get used to it, which was <laughs> honestly, it was like having a new brand new job, but in the same exact location. <laughs> And I'm sure a lot of retail workers can relate to that. Yes. All right. So, um, Asia, I want to start with you. So, you know, the sexual harassment, the nepotism and whatnot, um, if you would be so kind to go into what had happened to you at the location you were at. Right. So my my main store, there were really no men there, um, but... Um, there was a bigger store, like not too far. Let's say like it was like less than five miles away. So it was a big store. They needed more help. And so um, I was sent to work at that store because it wasn't very far. <clears throat> um, and so that's when it started getting a little strange because it was just all men there. And um, I would basically be the only the only woman that worked there. And I mean, I will say to be a, a woman that works at Men's Warehouse kind of works in your favor because sometimes the men that come in there, they don't know. They, they want to like get a soup for a date or they want to get a soup for a wedding or whatever special event. And they'll come ask me, even though like when you worked at Men's Warehouse, I, I worked in the, the rental uh, part, the wedding rental part. And so I would just sit in my little corner of the store because they had a special carved out place for us to sit when we did just did just the rentals but it didn't matter if i did the rentals or not um if a guy wanted a suit and he wanted some he wanted a woman's opinion they would come see me because usually i was the only person in the store um who was a woman but um well i had uh i want to say there were three managers there and i only really had an issue with one of them and uh he would just i mean he was he could have been my grandfather's age I think he was easily 60 and I was at the time maybe 19 or 20. And um, uh, he would just say these comments and looking back on them, they're, they're a lot creepier than what I realized when I was young. And I was, you know, I, I knew them to be creepy then. But um, I distinctly remember like one time, I think we weren't that busy. So maybe I was like eating some crackers or something. Um, and while we were waiting for it, it's anybody to show up in the store and maybe I had like a crumb or something on the side of my mouth. And instead, you know, no, most normal people would just be like, hey, you got something on your face, you know, just wipe it off, whatever. Not this guy, no, no. He um, he like stuck his tongue out and he like licked his entire lips. And it was very strange. He was like, but he did this with like this sultry, like look in his eyes and he's like staring at me while he did it. And it was just very strange. Um, I know. And, and then, um, and then he would do some other things like uh, we were talking about um, giving kudos to each other. Uh, you know, like people do high fives if they get like a, a, a big sale, like if you do like a thousand dollar package or if you sell like a big wedding or whatever. So we were talking about how, how, how we all give kudos to each other. And he was talking about football players and how they pat each other on the butt after like a, after a, a good play. 
And he was like, I could do that to you. And I was, why would you, why would that even cross your mind wow. to say that to me? So that was like one of the final straws. And I actually happened to be uh, in a human resources class in college at the same time. And so I talked to my professor about that. And I was like, hey, you know, there's this manager. And he, like, he wasn't just a regular employee. He was like an assistant manager um, who's at my job. He just says all these things to me. I like another thing was um, I had this shirt. And, you know, I'm a, growing, I'm a growing person, I'm a growing adult. And so, like, I don't know what happened. Maybe I bent down or I did something. I picked something heavy up and my shirt ripped. But I had a cami on, a camisole on under it. And we have tailors in the back. And so I took the shirt off to get the tailors to repair it because obviously I can't walk around with a giant hole in the back right. of the shirt. And so I had to, I had to come back out to get, like, a jacket. And I... He, his eyes followed me from the back door to where the jackets were because basically I had, I had this like low cut shirt on so I could go because I had to get my shirt repaired. So I had to go get a jacket. So I had no choice but to walk out to put something on. And he, I think he, he watched me the entire night. It was so creepy. It was so weird. But um, I had the HR teacher and um, I asked him about it. I was like, this is this This doesn't seem right to me. And he said he told me. Um, from that day on to keep a record of everything that he ever said to me. And like he said, put the dates and everything. So that's what I started doing in my computer when I was in school. And when did it ever reach a point where you had to either, you know, confront this person's supervisor or go to HR? Um, well, so he, he had a manager, our main manager over him. And that thing with the crackers, like the thing where he licked his lips and he looked at me, I was like, that, that was, that was too much. I was like, that's, that's, that's too far. So now I talked to our manager. I say, listen, you have got to talk to him because this is out of control. Like I talked to my dad and I talked to my professor. I was like, this is out of control. Um, so I told him, uh, you talked to him um, because he, I think he had a daughter that was like a little bit older than me. So I'm like, that's so, that's so like that's gross. very gross. It's so it makes my skin crawl. Um, and uh, so I was like, you need to talk to him and I'm not going to come back to work until you talk to him. And I said, do not ever schedule me at the same time that he scheduled because it's out because it was just too much. And I think and every woman that I encountered that dealt, had to deal with him had a similar story. Like there was not a woman in the company who had ever met this man who did not have an issue with him se sexually harassing them. So no woman wanted to work with him. Wow. But you know what? You said something I want to give you huge props for the fact that you said, I'm not coming back to work until you handle it. Yeah. I, I, so they, they, they did handle it. I give it, I give it, I will give them that they did handle it, but it was, I mean, I had to say something. It wasn't like he was, he was on the slide with it or anything. He would, he would be very bold in his comments to me. That is, um, I, you know, it's, Especially when you talk about like how old you were and how, I mean, it is creepy, but you know, even it wouldn't matter if you were like a year younger, it's just uncalled for, you know, it's, uh, I don't understand why people behave that way. I I, I never will. It, it is beyond me why people feel empowered to treat a member of the opposite sex that way. I mean, it, it's, it's humiliating for one thing. And it just, mm -hmm. now you were talking about nepotism that you had going on there too. Right. There's, I don't know if it still exists cause I haven't worked in the company in a while, but I mean, there is a ton, there was a ton of nepotism. Cause I think um, my district manager, his son or something worked in one of the stores and what we couldn't do, the son could do. 
So like they have like basically blackout dates during the spring because wedding season and prom season. And so I had a big, that's, this is, this is actually why I wound up quitting that job because I had two conflicting um, scheduling events, but they had blackout season and one was, uh, both of them were for school and uh, they didn't want me to do both of them. They said I had to pick one or the other. And I was like, well, that's, that's not going to work for me because I need to do both. Um, yeah, it was for, to graduate, wasn't it? It was, yeah. One was, well, one was an agreement that the school had made um, that we would go work um, uh, that a major sporting event uh, for um, in another state. It wasn't like it was like a far drive. It was like a two hour drive. But nonetheless, the school had made uh, an agreement that we would go like a lot, like a large part of our university would go work this sporting event in exchange for like credit. And um, uh, also for experience, because obviously I'm trying to graduate college and get a good job. And so, uh, and another thing was like spring break. But if you're like your dorms closed, where are you going to stay? So I obviously I can't come to work. So they was like, you can either, you can take spring break or you can work the sporting event. And I'm like, well, I, this, this is not an either or thing because I'm only in this town to go to school. I go, I do work here, but I'm only existing in the city to go to the school. So I'm not going to be able to pick either one. So we had a disagreement. About so they literally, they but, literally um, were trying to make you choose one or the other. Yes, that was oh, that's yes. some bullshit. <laughs> that was the argument that I was having. Yeah, that's how I wound up not uh, having a job anymore because I just picked both. Very unsupportive. But, um, yeah, but um, but like, say I want so I wanted to do spring break, right? Um, like every college kid does. Um, they were like, no, but if my district manager's son wanted to do it, no problem, approved. Um, uh, also, the manager for the store I was sent to, his wife was also an employee in that store, but she only worked one day a Wait week. Wait a minute. So the district the district the manager's of- wife was working in one of his stores? No. No, not the district manager's wife. The store manager for the other store that I was sent to with the right. creepy guy, his wife worked in oh. that store. Whoa. Yeah, his wife worked in the store, um, but she only worked one day a week. Um. And then uh, what else is, I think a couple of district managers' wives do work in stores. But see, if that, look, if that goes on, that's just, that's awful. That should never, ever, ever happen. Oh, it did. Really? I mean, it's a lot of nepotism. Yeah, I mean, you can't throw a rock without hitting somebody's nose. Oh, my God. There was a store. That's exactly true. Yes, absolutely. There was a store. Not mine, but near mine with that had a guy working there or it was a girl working there with her ex-husband and her current husband in the same. Whoa, show. wait a minute. Wait a minute. You. <laughs> oh, the what, drama. The drama. No, was no, nuts. You mean to tell me that an ex and a current were both in the same store? Oh, yeah. How the hell does and, that and happen? It's not like they got along. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, and they had kids to get. Like, they all had kids to get, you know. They were all, she was the common denominator, being the mom of all the kids. Well, she had kids with both? Yeah. Holy God. That oh, would have to be a, have like a group that meeting. would have to be a nightmare to work in that <laughs> store. Oh, my God. Well, if you got to pick the kids up, I mean, somebody can go get the kids. I know exactly where you are. You can't say that you're not Ooh. at work. I, I mean, you are. they scheduled, they, I guess they could just make their own schedule then, too, around the kids. I don't know. Because the one, the current husband was the current wait, store manager. No, wait a minute. The current husband was the store manager? What was the ex-husband? Yeah. 
He was like a sales guy. The ex was working for the current husband? Correct. Oh, yeah. He definitely got the short end of the Wow. You, that's like must-see TV. It was, I mean, thankfully, I don't do drama, but uh, it was an entertainment, it was entertaining to watch from a distance. They always were, the district managers and the regionals were all like, I don't know why we have such high turnover in that store. And I'm like, go be a fly on the wall oh for a day. Oh, my God. Like, I hear stories coming out of there from customers would come to my store because we were nearby and come to my store and be like, yeah, we walked in there and they're all fighting. We can't you, even we can't uh, even shop there. Allison, you officially win the award for the craziest retail story I've ever heard because I've been in this. Oh, do oh, I? Oh, okay. We, we can go down that road, but <laughs> I have never. The fact that an ex-husband was working for the current husband, that is something that I've never come across or could even comprehend that it actually happens. Wow. So yeah. that's that's nuts. So Allison, tell us a little bit about what you had to go through. Well, uh, I worked there for 15 years, so um, I have quite a list. But um, I think one of the first things that I noticed happening, you know, one of the reasons Asia brought up a good point was that this guy, this manager of hers, uh, was so bold about what he was saying to her. And he, he was obviously very comfortable being that grotesque. And that is because the culture itself of the company promotes behavior that way, of that, like that. I believe that Testosterone Warehouse is an old boys club. And oh, for sure. From, oh, yeah. From the bigwigs on down, they bred their own culture and that was their culture because they had no process that I could determine for sexual harassment. And I have tons of examples of that. We'll go through them all. <laughs> I, they had, <laughs> sure. One of the, one of the ones that happened early on uh, right after we were uh, bought by men's warehouse, I had an employee that was new. Well, fairly new. Um, he was he, he was brought in right around the time that I took the store over. So I was a store manager and he was brought in as an AM. And so I didn't hire him, uh, but he did work directly under me and he would uh, harass uh, I, the staff of that store is mostly college people. They pay, the pay was really low. I mean, since 2006, I don't think they ever paid more than seven fifty an hour for anybody walking oh in God. the door. Even to when I left in 2020. Wow. To be fair, I was I was paid eight dollars an hour, but that's because I got hired during uh, spring season. Oh yeah, You'll but get the paid next year, the next year they brought me back, they lowered my pay. What? Oh, they'll do that too. So, <laughs> well, I mean, I mean. I think it was a miscommunication, but again, as a young person, like you don't really know how to fight for your your rights and all that. So they did lower. My so pay. let me ask, you know, I know there's a lot of sales involved. Was there any kind of commission at all? Or was it just you're making seven fifty an hour tough? There was it depended your on your position and it depended on what type of store you were in. Um, there are two types of, well, not anymore, but at the time there were two types of stores at men's warehouse. And one was just a tuxedo rental store where they didn't have a lot of retail to sell. And then there were like the bigger full-size stores that did everything. 
they had an on-site tailor and they had the rental and uh, a full retail selection. So if you were in, I don't know, Asia, you'll know if you, did you get commission at, in the tux department? I think, um, cause I work basically at the tux rental store like 95% of the time. Okay. Um, I think that, the store had to hit a certain number. So like say the goal was 5,000 for the month, that's pretty low. But let's just say it's 5,000 for the month. If the store hit a number, people got a bonus. Like we got a bonus out the register uh, immediately. But when you worked at the bigger store, I know the salespeople uh, work, uh, they got a base pay plus commission, but then like the people, like the associates who were not labeled as salespeople, they got a percentage of what the salespeople sold. So like maybe like 3%, something like that. Um, so it wasn't like a lot, but for literally no effort, it was great. If you had a good sales team. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you had a good sales team. Yeah. In the store I worked in commission equal to about an extra dollar an hour. Oh, wow. On average over the course of a year. So during prom season, when it was really busy or during the holidays or whatever, it was, you'd get a higher commission during those times. You might end up with $2 an hour extra an hour but during the slow season which is the middle of summer you might end up with 25 or 50 cents an hour because your commission you, the sales drops your commission drops um now did they do did they do like a commission versus draw like you know was the commission like did you get like a weekly commission or was it for the month it was every week well it was every, so it was every pay period all right got you yeah at some point, they switched us from weekly pay to every other week. I don't remember when that was, but it was per pay period. Yeah. Um, there's a question in the chat. Do you want me to Which one? That? Oh, the, that. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, yes, Asia, there is a chat. Um, said, so Allison was a manager before the merger. Do you feel you would have been promoted to a store manager after the merger as a woman over other men? That's an interesting question. Um, possibly. Uh, and that's another thing I wanted to get to. Um, I think I probably would have. My performance was always pretty high. So I think I would have, especially in the store I was in. My The store I was in wasn't like one of the higher dollar stores. You know, we weren't, wasn't one of the busiest stores. I They generally picked men for the, the real busy stores. Mine was kind of a middle of the Why road. Why do you think that is? Busyness. Um, I think it's, there was this weird dynamic that if you were a guy and you smoked, you'd go out with the guys and smoke. And those are the guys that mm. got promoted. You, I don't know how else to explain that. It sounds like. More of the good old boys club, basically. Yeah, and if you were a woman that got promoted, it was because you were seen. And I go I'm ahead and say, say I know, I know where you're literal. going. If you were a woman that got promoted to something higher than, like a, if you got promoted to a large store, or if you got promoted to maybe a training manager or anything above that, you were probably seen rubbing the shoulders of a district manager or regional right. manager in public, in front of the other managers at a manager's meeting. You were probably very physically close and maybe otherwise physically involved with the people. Now, you. do you think that, yeah, I mean, obviously in your <laughs> case, I mean, you know, you kind of 
got absorbed in. But do you think that that was more of a buying silence or the person that's, you know, doing the rubbing and whatnot, working their way up? Well, I wasn't about to do any of that. You know, I didn't do politics. I don't, I don't, I'm not about that. I, I'm not going to sleep for a position, sleep with somebody for a position. And I have no proof that anybody did, but I know of it happened. It like I know, I know all of those people were involved and you'd go to like a manager's meeting or like we'd have these, these uh, company wide managers meetings in like um, Houston and Vegas. Oh, that's a recipe for disaster. With these big meetings. And these people would be like, literally sitting in each other's laps and stuff, you know, and they have, they're married, they have significant others at home. And that's just, it was that, you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas kind of mentality. So I didn't do any of that, but I also never progressed past the store that I was in. I would, I was not, I I believe I would never have been considered for anything beyond what I was. In in your time there, what would you say, the ratio was, you know, male to female in the stores. Oh, as far as, you know, I, I, I'm going strictly by, you know, employment. I'm trying to think, I mean, there were definitely females in positions that like there, there was, Oh, it's, I don't think I ever saw a male in, the the head of a tuxedo department. It was always a because, girl. Yeah, because to me, so you know, for for the the harassment and the sexism and things to go on. Look, I am as fashion blind as they come. All right, you know, it would make more sense to me from a business standpoint to have you know women who understand fashion in that position. And it would be really shocking to me. Yeah. I, I, I just, honestly, you know, I know it's called men's warehouse, but I think it'd be more beneficial to have more fashion conscious people, you know, regardless of how anybody identifies in that business. Is that is, right? Well, and everybody seems to have their own idea of who they'd like to be helped by. Um, Asia said she came from a store that was right. pretty much all female, right? It was mostly women in my story. And see, and but that yeah, makes yeah, perfect sense to me. I mean, I would think that would be the way to go. But I've had plenty of men come in and ask me who can measure them for a suit, and they they don't want me to measure them. I'm a girl. They're it's where then they're usually really old school guys. Like these are older guys that are used to a man being a, a man's fitting a man. They're not comfortable with a woman measuring them or fitting them. And they believe that men, like their history is that men worked in men's stores. Right. So I've been told that it's not real common, to be honest. Um, Typically, guys will listen to a girl. But, um, you know, we had some great, some of the best salespeople I had were guys. So it kind of just depends on who you click with. There really are all kinds of customers. So. That's really hard to say. I tried to keep a balance in my store because I really felt like that was important. You know, if the customer feels more comfortable working with a certain type of person, whether they be older or younger or, you know, male or female, it was easier to cater to what 
they were going to respond better and, to. So I had, I tried to. And both of you know this because you worked in the business. I mean, the selling, it, it, not everybody can do it. You know, it, I mean, that's that, that, that's, <laughs> that is, and you know, a skill and really, and truly, you know, coming from a sales background, working at guitar center, it's something that you either have or you don't, you can't really teach it. And you're right. I mean, sometimes it comes down to the dynamic. You just find that person that can sell ice to Eskimos, as they say, and, 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 and you roll <laughs> mm-hmm. with it. And, and, you know, I've seen people sell stuff. I'm like, how, how did they do that? Cause you, you wouldn't think that, that they could. And, you know, it, it was always told to me that selling is the transference of enthusiasm. And, and, yeah. you know, from that standpoint, yeah, I mean, it really, I don't think you can put a gender on that, obviously, because if you're a good salesperson, you're a good salesperson and you were probably born with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of my best salespeople was 18 years old, a really shy young girl from college who had never had a job before. She'd sell circles around everybody. It was amazing. So, yeah, it, it, you're right about the enthusiasm. She just dove in and tackled it, and it was, she was great. Um, would you agree with this statement? Older guys think of tailors versus seamstress, barber versus beauty parlor, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, men's warehouse called all of the people who did sewing tailors. So in that world, they were all tailors. Gotcha. Well, probably, um, I don't know. I'm on the fence on that one because I was steeped in this for so long that we just always called it a tailor. That would make sense, though. Or barber versus beauty parlor. I don't know. What do you think, Asia? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Everybody was called a tailor, so it didn't. we didn't really do that. Um, male, female uh, noun thing. Everybody's just the tailor. But I did want to go back to the part where you asked about the balance of the male, female salespeople yes. or whatever in the store. Um, because I um, I worked in the Tux rental store and I, because like I mentioned, like ours was like kind of near the David's Bridal. Um, I, I think that women are, are, are raised or kind of brought up to think about their wedding day. And so um, they have far more of an idea of what they want their wedding day to look like versus most men. Um, so women tend to be in control of even what the men are wearing. Like the men may have like some type of input, but as far as like the color goes or as far as uh, what kind of cut of the suit it may be, that might be in the, in the woman's mind. And so that may be um, why there are more there are more women in my store um, because the women are coming. They're just bringing their husband. He's kind of like in tow. They're bringing him. They're kind of like, oh, what do you think about this material? Because he has to wear it. But as far as what it looks like, most suits kind of look the same. It's like the weight of the fabric determines the like the color of the black or the color yeah. of the blue and so on and so forth. But um, I would say the women make most of the decisions as far as a wedding is concerned. Even with prom, like the, the, the guys would come in with a picture of the dress. And they're like, I need something that matches this. But the thought process is not really as in-depth as if a woman came in. And so um, I think that may be why we have more women in our store, because we women talking to women about um, what they were planning for their big day. I, I suppose there must be some type of um, 
relational aspect. Well, I you you probably plan on having a wedding one day. You understand I'm gonna have my wedding right now, so we can relate to each other like that. And so this conversation would be easier. Uh, so I don't think that there there was an imbalance. But in the bigger men's warehouse store, there were definitely more men because there was retail, and so um, we had like six rows of suits and pants. And generally speaking, a man does not want a woman helping him try on pants. Yeah, true. So, uh, I, so that might be why there are more men there. Um, but for rentals, the, deci- the decision-making process is different for a rental versus like if I got to wear this suit to a job interview or versus a date versus uh, a wedding or a funeral, so on and so forth. So the decision-making process, the decision-making process is different. And that may be what, um, what uh, dictates who works in what store or in where they work. Well, you know, Asia, I've got to agree with everything you just said, especially about like the weddings and whatnot. Yeah, I think you've got that spot on. I don't I don't think that could have been described mm-hmm. any better. Um, question in the chat. So going back to the harassment, was most of it from coworkers or were the customers also inappropriate? Uh oh. <laughs> I didn't really have I really didn't have inappropriate customers because the fight despite the fact that I was young. Um, the, my personality has kind of been the same. It's been consistent throughout, uh, my life. Um, uh, so I really, um, uh, I don't want to say I'm aggressive, but I'm stern. <laughs> so, um, I really didn't have too many issues with that. Also, I, I kind of, I mean, I, I would say I was younger. So most people coming to the men's warehouse are not 20. Right. They're, they're like 30 something years old, maybe 30, 30 to 45. I would say probably the age range for men's warehouse so that I, I, they probably viewed me more as their um, younger sister. But um, yeah, the co-workers though, hey, they were just going at it. Damn. <laughs> Freak, just, just doing what they want, just saying what they want to say. That's true. Because they I see think, you every day. Right. Allison, and you? Um, I definitely dealt with customers being inappropriate more often than employees, but the employees' harassment was far worse uh, as far as gravity. Like, customers would come in and say something inappropriate. I can think of one example when um, I just hired a girl. She'd been there two weeks. She was 18. Uh, She just got into college, and she was putting a suit in a dressing room for a customer, and he was the father of the groom going to be in a wedding, and this was his suit, and he was doing a final fitting. And so she puts the suit in the dressing room and our store is busy. We're packed. That dressing room area had a ton of people in it. And I mean, the store is full. And he says pretty loudly to where a bunch of people around could hear. He says, oh, little lady, you're going to have to help me get dressed. And she was like, excuse me. And she just shrunk. Like I watched her. She was only like five foot two to begin (laughs) with. I watched her get down to about four foot five. And I was like, and I, I walked right up to him and I handed him his suit and I said, get out, <laughs> get out. You're not, you're not doing that here. Wow. You're not trying it on here. I don't care about your final fitting. Go. And I, you know, what can you do? And so this poor little 18 year old, this is her first job. She's been here two weeks and this is how she gets talked to. She, he had cornered her in the dressing room. And that's the kind of thing that I saw happen frequently for some reason. There's a lot of guys out there that make these comments and they don't think, or they think they're funny. They think it's funny to say little things like, 
oh, are you going to measure my inseam? Get up there real tight or get, you know, make sure you get in there, get the right measurement. And you're like, we don't even measure inseams. They, they don't even measure. There's no training for measuring an inseam. It doesn't exist. But they think it's funny to make jokes about it. But it's disgusting. That's, oh, that's um, awful. Yeah, it's and that's a that's almost a daily thing there, to be honest. Customers say that sort of so thing. So what was constantly. what was the age One limit of the things to work that, there? Yeah. The minimum? Oh, I don't know. Uh it, it depends on the state you were in. Probably because I was hired 18. when I was eighteen. I don't I don't recall ever seeing anybody younger than you me. know. I, I think I hired a seventeen year old at some point. Oh, did yeah, six as long as you because at some point you need like some kind of work permit, but and the reason I ask is because, you know, the fact that, you know, this kind of touches on something we talked about, you know, a couple of days ago was the fact that you've got these younger people coming to work and, and you just said it. I mean, your very first job and this is what you're exposed to. And there's zero training for that. Absolutely. For there's no kids. training for that. And, and you just have to sit there and take it and be, and, you know, it, it's it's awful because, you know. You're basically subjecting kids to that mess. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, like I said, zero training and zero support. When that sort of thing happens and it goes up line, these, these, the, the old boys club, big wig guys, they don't care. They're like, toughen up, straighten up, you know, suck it up. Gross, gross. What is it? get some thicker skin that's what i'm trying they basically just go what your complaint is nothing to them you might as well not complain it just makes you look weak to them In and so as a store manager i had a task of every time i hired a young person male or female because i watched it happen both ways um mostly men harassing women but um i would always say you need us you need a and i'll i would say this for any retail worker you need a statement because in the moment you never remember what it is you're going, what it is to say. You're you're flushed. You're shocked at what you just heard because you don't, you didn't expect to hear it. You don't know what to say. You just kind of want to shrink or run away or hide or I don't know about you. Everybody has their own fight or flight response. But if you have a statement in your pocket ready to go all the time that you've rehearsed and that you know you can pull out in a moment's notice and say to the customer, I would like to keep this professional. And if you're not going to, you need to leave. I think that's excellent. That's, that's the way it, it should be. It's, and it's really easy to pull that out. I used it weekly. Now, did you get any blowback <laughs> from I that? There. I mean, did you, like, somebody at some point had to call corporate and complain. Nope. Oh, the corporate phone calls. Oh, my God. They 99% of the time. I'm sorry, Asia, go ahead. <laughs> they called corporate for everything. Remember, they would just give them whatever they wanted. Yeah. Oh, sure, but so, I never had a customer call corporate on me telling them, do you need to keep this professional or you need to get out? I oh, never had good. anybody call corporate because I threw them out of the store. Well, that's good. That's real good. Um, I think I they mean, realized they were misbehaving and they pro hopefully realized I was right. How can you make an argument against that? Like, oh, I was sexually harassing your employee and she threw me out of the store. Like. No way you can tell that story where it doesn't make you look. Now, right. as, as far as like your, your <laughs> corporate leadership and, and your DMs around you and whatnot, it, it, you know, Allison, you know, what kind of things did you have happen to you that were 
I, basically like you just described, you know, oh, you need to toughen up. You need thicker skin or anything like that. Yeah. I'm, well, let's see. Um, I'll start, I'll start with w- what I had said earlier about this one um, employee. We'll call him John. No offense to all the Johns <laughs> out there. I, I apologize for this. We love you, John. We yes. love you. <laughs> <laughs> but this this guy harassed the young girls in the store. So he was one of those. He was a supervisor in the store, and he was harassing the other young college girls that were under him in position as well as age. And um, he would say things like, I remember him telling them about how he was a sex addict and how and what that meant on a more graphic level. And how, they came to me and told me, and we're like, "Oh, uh, this guy has a problem. He's talking to us." I because he's our supervisor, I don't feel like I can tell him to shut up. They were uncomfortable, you know, and he wouldn't stop. And this one particular female employee that worked there had gone to the same high school as him, so she knew him from high school, and he um, he cornered her in a dressing room one night. She was in there cleaning or whatever, and he blocked the doorway and said some really inappropriate things to her. And she was scared. She's stuck in this dressing room. She, what, her, what choices does she have? She can shove him out of the way and get physical, which based on what she had heard from him directly, he would have just liked it. So she was kind of stuck there. And I got a phone call that night, and she said, please don't ever schedule me with him again. And I was like, what happened? And so she told me the story. So, of course, I call upline, right? My first call is to my district manager or above him is the regional manager. That's their structure. And so the question came, okay, well, do you want to talk to HR about this? Like, what do you want? The first question was, like, how bad is it? That's what I was asked. Well, how bad was it? it, It's a concern. It doesn't matter how bad. Are there levels of bad? I've got a toxic piece of crap employee in my store who's harassing these girls, telling them inappropriate things, and using his position to sh- silence them. And you're asking me how bad? Can yeah, it's be? not how like the hospital that? where they have that so, number yeah. chart. You know how you know from zero to five. How much does it hurt? Okay. How much pain are you in? Well, and the crazy thing is, I got the same response from HR. So I, I'm sorry. Go I ahead. don't mean to get loud. Go ahead. Go I'm all away in. from the mic. We good. <laughs> so. I call HR and I'm like, you need to do something about this guy in my store. I can't have. So all the girls kind of banded together and came to me and said like, Oh, we don't want to work with him anymore. You have to schedule us not with him. Well, that left me working with him basically. And I was like, I mean, I could handle like, what, what am I? He's not going to do anything to me, but okay. I can't schedule a reasonable schedule with no one working with him, but me that's, that's not possible. So I'm on the phone with HR and they said, well, tell us how offended you are. And I went, what do you mean? It's not, it's, it's not even about me. It's about these poor girls that have to deal with this. First of all, it's destroying the, the team spirit and the, it's destroying the atmosphere in my store. I want to kill him myself. Like I want to take him out back. So, so I'll hold, up, out first. hold up. You 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 you, you, you talk to like HR, it, right. <laughs> and they didn't ask about yes the the victim first. They asked how offended you were. Well, 
okay, so the order of that might be a little off. They wanted to know if any of the girls would talk to HR directly. And I said, well, they might, but I'm calling because it's bad and you need to hear it, whether they'll talk or not. Like, I want something done, whether they will talk to you or not. I'm telling you it's happening. Fix this. Can we get rid of him? And they said, well, how offended are you? And I was like, I like, I couldn't, I couldn't hardly answer the question. How offended on a scale of what? One to 10, 3,000. That's just, you know, any, I mean, face (laughs) it, we've had numerous discussions about HR trying to protect, you know, companies from lawsuits, but it sounds like that one doesn't even know what they're doing. Well, I think because it was, I mean, this is before hashtag me too. And they were always about trying to quiet it, make it go away without a lot of effort, without any lawsuits. It'll be fine. You know, they just kind of soften it as much as they can to make it go away. And I believe that's how they protected their company from lawsuits. Um, Cause he, he, I went to, I went through three district managers with that employee and they would not fire wow. him. They would not freaking fire him. I had a stack of documentation that was almost a ream of paper thick that I had printed off and we got this new district manager and we sat down for lunch one day because he was new and I was getting to know him. He was getting to know me. And I said, well, I, there's this ongoing problem I need you to know about because you know, this is, you're going to be involved with it. It's just, Pick pick a day. One of his shifts, he's going to do something because he was just a problem in general. So I plopped this ream of paper in front of him, all this documentation. He wouldn't even read it. He wouldn't even read it. He looks at it and he goes, well, we're going to have to start from scratch because I'm new to this situation. And he pushed it across the table back at me. And I'm like, this guy is sexually harassing my employees and nobody is doing anything. Yeah, nobody did anything. It wasn't until we got... I got a regional manager involved. It was a guy above him. And I said, I can't work here anymore. I finally said, I can't do this. And I want you to know why. And he came down and it happened at the same time as this John guy made a a mistake. He screwed up somebody's order and he actually uh, promised the customer he screwed up the order and the customer had to go to a different store to pick up the item that she wanted to get it in time because we didn't have it in stock. He promised her that the other store would pay her her gas money to drive there. He said, yeah, when you show up, just tell him I said you'd give him the gas money. And so, of course, she shows up at this other store and they don't know what. She, wow. <laughs> they don't know what she's talking about. And yeah, he just this is kind of the guy type of guy he was. But then he was in front of some other female employees and in front of a former employee and in front of someone else. He said, I have a problem with women Mm. in management. I have a problem with women Mm. in places of authority. He's, I remember he said, I wasn't there that day, but the, the other people who worked there told me, he said, he didn't like women being ministers. He didn't like women being managers. He didn't like women being presidents or in political places spaces women had a place and it wasn't in those and he said it on the clock on the job in front of other female managers and so they had the guts thank thankfully to talk to hr and explain how uncomfortable they were working with a guy that was 
that was uncomfortable with women in management. And so this regional guy came down and fired him the next day. And the reason they weren't even going to let him go then, because it took like one of the heads of the legal department. I remember the person's name. I don't remember their exact title, but they were involved with legal and HR. And they said to, they said to me, he said, I have a problem with women in management. We have to, there should be no question whether or not we let him go. Cause the reach, the regional guy wasn't even sure if we could let him go after that. And the, the, the lady who was working for HR said, if he said, we have a pro, I have a problem with Jews in management or I have a problem with blacks in management, we would fire him immediately. Yep. Why is it that we can't, because he said women get rid of him and so yeah you know and now i do want to say i've mentioned this before it is, it is a you know they've done studies and whatnot and this is in defense of all women that have worked in any kind of business in a managerial position look you know it's been proven i mean you know women have a better attention to detail um you know it's the, the whole women in management thing there's nothing wrong with that and if you have a problem with that then get to stepping you know well yeah you you're welcome to go work somewhere else yeah. for anybody else and <laughs> you having an attitude about it isn't gonna change it i mean to me that's you know and the person for legal who stood up i mean that is very valid i mean you're right you know you if he would have said any number of different categories yeah they would have fired him on the spot and and you know, saying that he was uncomfortable with women. In, basically, he was saying a woman in any position of power whatsoever. Yeah, you need to go, bro. Yeah, that's basically half the workforce from yeah. this warehouse anyway. Yeah, really. I think I think you're probably right. When one of the questions earlier is the ratio of men to women, and it might be about half, but it kind of depends on the position because mm-hmm. there's a big unseen workforce that nobody sees is in the warehouse warehouse itself and in production. And, you know, with men's warehouse owns all of their own rental products. So they have their own cleaning system. They have their own, there's a huge gigantic warehouse for that down in Houston. That's like 3 million square feet or something insane like that. So, and that's staffed with a whole bunch of people and nobody just ever curious, um, does Because I've never shopped at one, okay? So a men's warehouse, do they have like their own line of suits and stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they won't be under a men's warehouse name. Like you won't see a suit that has a men's warehouse tag on it. You'll see a suit that has their in-house brands, but they're, they're theirs. Are those made um, overseas by any in, chance? Well, almost uh-huh. all of them are brand name or otherwise so selling selling suits for good prices off cheap labor yeah i mean they had their joseph abood line that was custom that was made in the u.s because it was custom um and that was that was made in what massachusetts or something but everything else was overseas right so what else you got as far as like other things Um, you had to go through well, some of it, the rest, a lot of the rest of my stories have to do with me personally experiencing now, harassment. Now, real quick before we get into that, did you, um, was it harassment from above you or did you ever have any kind of experience with like employees underneath you trying to do it? 
No, I think they know I would have strangled them and thrown them back back in this. Good on <laughs> they you. They know I would have killed them. No, my employees, my employees were awesome. I don't think I could really complain about any of them other than this one guy, John. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. who you are. <laughs> no, the my employees were always amazing. I they I'm still friends with a lot of them and the 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 kind of work family we created there and that little microcosm culture we had in in my store was phenomenal and it's really the only thing I missed. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of retail workers can uh exactly can relate to that. Cuz you have people you'll go for but like the company can suck or the higher-ups can suck but <laughs> you're Brothers and sisters on the front lines are cool, but um, no, I didn't. I didn't really have anybody from. Nah, if I did, I didn't realize it. So, so how bad was it from above? <laughs> well, one was kind of lateral, and that's the one I was going to bring up next. There, we had a. There's an intercompany uh, fleet that delivers things to the stores because it's cheaper than shipping. One of the reasons is because they deliver the rentals to like the tuxedo and suit rentals to the stores and they have to do it in a timely fashion. It guarantees they get there. They can run it directly from the men's warehouse has many um, regional warehouses of that are tuxedo distribution centers. So if you are on the West coast, there's probably one in California. If you are in the Midwest, I think there's one in Addison, Illinois. Um, if you're in Houston, in Texas, there's one in Houston. So they're all over, and these drivers deliver directly. And one of the drivers from that fleet, um, I happen to know his boss. I was friends with his boss, but he was he was new to our route, so he had been with the company a while. But our my store was new to him. And we're going to call him Jim. Sorry to all the Jims out there. Um, He walked in the first day and made comments to me that were about my body. And it was uncomfortable. And I said to him that, you know, I have a boyfriend and I'm, you know, it's not interested. I'm not. I didn't straight up say he was gross, but I made him know that I let him know this was not welcome. And then he left and I went, okay, we're good. And I thought, boy, if he ever said any of those things to my younger female staff, I would, you know, I'm kind of protective where we have that work family thing. I, I'd have to kill him. Oh, Not fully understand. Like, I, I oh, you're doing a whole lot of, he will, karma will Jeez. get him, but you know, I would bow back and we'd have at least a conversation. <laughs> Don't go yeah, out the back. I'm protective yeah. of those Oh, people. he just disappeared. We don't know what happened to him. Ah, he was. Right? He, he, He's just, he just, we sent him to the farm. And why his truck's out front? No, it's so strange. 18 wheeler just outside. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me, though, if, if I may, that reminds me, I also had a driver uh, do something similar to me, but that was like when I first started working. Um, he actually picked me up. I remember this, like, because I was like a much smaller person. I'm not, I'm not fat, you know, just so we're clear. Gotcha. <laughs> but, no shame here. But, uh, um, uh, yeah, I was like maybe like 140 or something. And I remember he picked me up. Like, I don't know, like, he's like, you know, like he do like a, 
you know, like like a baby sometimes. You're like, ah, the baby's probably like 10 pounds. You know, or you like pick up something like, ah, it's probably like 15 pounds. I don't know if he's like weighing me or something. I don't It's It's very strange. But he did pick me up because he's a bigger guy. Uh, probably, uh, I would say, if not high 200s, he passed 300. Um, and he picked me up. And then like every time he would come deliver suits to our store, he always had something to say to me basically about like how he wanted to go out on a date and whatever. And just be very clear, I'm very gay. <laughs> and so um, that that was a snowball's chance in hell to ever be happening. Um, so I, I just, but that jogged my memory that I had a driver who was also like, was a little, was a little untoward. I mean, just picked you up. I mean, what kind of thought, what yeah, kind of he thought did. process goes, I'm going to go pick this girl up. I don't know. That is strange. <laughs> and I didn't have the store that Allison had where they backed me up to people to not do things like that. They, I mean, my coworkers thought it was funny. And um, they just were like, I mean, you know, it's like they were like kind of chiding me like, oh, he thinks you're cute. He, um, uh, he likes you and whatever. But like, I didn't tell. Now I'm more open about it. But like, I didn't tell them that I didn't date men back then because that wasn't any of their business. <clears throat> So to me, it's like super uncomfortable, but to them, it's like, oh, you know, it's like when, when people tell little girls, like he, the boy on the playground is, is uh, picking on you because he likes you similar to that situation. Yeah. He's pulling your hair. Cause he likes you. Yeah, but still you, you just don't yeah. walk up. Somebody just pick them the fuck up. <laughs> uh, listen, I was surprised when it happened. I don't know. What do you do to that? Cause somebody just picks what? you up. Like, what do you do? You can you know, kick your little legs in the air what am i gonna do i'm five five well at least it didn't throw you up in the air like a baby and like catch you you know uh, you know yeah that no one thinks been. to call osha for that nobody thinks to throw you and pick you like you know we nobody wheeze you wow you know what's what's the age where you don't get thrown in the air and people say well evidently there's no age if you got people <laughs> random truck drivers picking you up and throwing you up in the air yeah, so let that be known that Men's Warehouse does hire some strong individuals. Wow. I, oh, yeah, they're hauling all kinds of stuff. That's hilarious. <laughs> all right, so what I'm going to do is we're sitting at an uh, hour three right now. Um, th okay. This has went okay. by fast. You, you, you two have been entertaining as hell. I'm sorry. I'm probably going to be talking about getting picked up and thrown in the air for the next couple of days. I'm not going to. You know, I want you. I want that for you. I want well, thank you. you. I, I needed that in my <laughs> life tonight. I really did. That that is that is awesome. I just picture like this big burly truck driver picking up, you know, somebody throwing them up there, like you know, Gucci Gucci Goo, and catching you as you come down. It's weird. That's really yeah. really weird. Yeah, make sure you wiggle your feet, you know, and laugh yeah. a little bit, even though it's not <laughs> funny at all. <laughs> at all and like somebody just said regardless you have the right to say i'm not interested in the least yep you sure do well, yeah um, yeah yeah that's a good statement to keep in your pocket yeah too. i mean i just i don't understand why you know we talk about customers a lot obviously on the show i mean some of these customers i mean they've they've got like the biggest set of cojones on the face of the planet because i honestly believe some of these folks um. walk into these stores thinking it's like you know, a four walled version of Tinder, you know, swipe left, swipe <laughs> right, you know, pick somebody up, you know. Yeah, it's, it's like retail workers cease to become human beings. Uh, well, and you're right. To and, them. And, you know, as far as the harassment thing goes, that falls completely in line with everything that we talk about is, you know, when you're getting harassed like you guys have been harassed, 
really and truly, there's no other way to describe it other being treated, you know, less than human. You know, you're, you're yeah. right. And, and also when we worked there, Bridezilla's was a big, big oh, TV show at man. the time. When I worked there, but that just made it worse. Like you didn't just get it from the men. You were getting like some major attitude from the women because that was like a big thing at the time. I mean, I remember a woman came in and threw her purse at the front, at the front counter. And I'm like, what is going on? That's because the people at David's Bridal had made her mad. She brought that energy into my store. And I'm like, me and her husband, I'm measuring him and we're like minding our business. And here she comes throwing stuff. I'm like, what is happening? Uh, so, yeah, we, we I was catching it from both ends. You know, you just gave me a great idea, Asia. Uh, it would be an awesome episode to talk with a bunch of people that worked in bridal departments. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, you have stories Ooh, for days. I bet that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> You'd have some stories. Now, sure. uh, so you do all men's warehouses have a bridal section, or was that just a store that you were in, Asia? No, so our store wasn't connected to the Davis Bridal, but a lot of times you will notice that a men's warehouse is close to a Davis Bridal, and that's because the colors the color schemes are set to coordinate. Gotcha. So if a bridesmaid's dress may be cherry at Davis Bridal, then what tends to happen, well, when I worked at what tended to happen was there was also a cherry vest or a cherry bow tie and, and, or tie that would coordinate to the dress at Davis Bridal. So that's why the, the connection was there. Uh, I think on a corporate level so that they would have an easy way to match the suits. Um, and sometimes the people at Davis Bridal didn't get it right. And they thought we had a color that we really didn't have. And then we would have a whole nother set of issues. But um, it's similar to how sometimes you'll see like a Walmart and a Home Depot near each other or, or a Home Depot. Yeah, you know, that's a really good point. You know, it, it's a complimentary kind of thing. And plus, you mm -hmm. like you said, yeah. you can scoop up the people that, that Davis Bridal pissed off. Right. That, that's 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 pretty good business actually so um allison what else you got um well really it was about how hr handles the the rest of what i have is about how hr handles harassment complaints because with that driver that i experienced the harassment he came back and said more and it was worse and so i did i called his boss because he was a friend of mine. I said, hey, you've got to get this guy in line because he's going to come in here one day and I'm not going to be here. And it's going to be one of my younger girls and she's going to quit on me because if he says anything like that to her, like he did to me, I, I wouldn't work here. I wouldn't want to put up with that. Not when I was, you know, so you've got to you've got to get your guy under control because I we can't have this here. Can you send somebody else from now on or something? And he said, actually, I've had so many complaints about this guy and my boss won't let me fire him. Can you call my boss and tell him this story? And I said, I mean, if that's what I have to do. And that's when I learned that there was really like no real process for this. I called his boss. Now, his boss is like the head of transportation for all of Men's Warehouse. The, the fleet, it's like everybody across the country. His boss is like, yeah. Okay. Tell me what's going on. And I told him what's going on. Now, I don't know if anybody out there realizes this, but when you have been harassed or if you are going through something like you've been abused in some way and you have to tell people about it, telling the story over again makes you relive it in your mind. Mm -hmm. And so telling it to this guy, I realized, oh, this is uncomfortable. I've got to tell this again. This sucks. 
But I got through it because I'm like, this will be it. I tell this guy. He makes it go away. So we're done. And he said, okay, thank you for telling me. I will handle it. Let's, let's, we'll talk soon. I'll let you know what we're going to do. Oh, and the question was always, how offended are you? (laughs) And what would you like to see happen? And I said, well, I never want him to be able to do this to another human being ever again in his whole life. But I know you don't have any control over that. So just making him go away in whatever that means to you is fine. And so I left it at that. And then I got a call a few hours later from another guy. And this guy was in another state, in another another department, who was somehow connected with HR and the fleet management. I don't exactly know his title, but he said, hi, I'm this, the guy before you told me the story and I I really need to hear it from you. What's going on? Cause we're looking into what we need to do with him. So I need to know directly from you what happened. I can't hear it through my, um, I can't th- hear it through this other guy. And I was like, you mean I have to repeat this again? There's three times now. Cause this is yeah. now the third time. I had to repeat that story five times. At one point, I was talking to the head of HR himself. I was talking to him, explaining to him what happened. And I said, if I have to repeat this story again, I'm going to escalate this a hundredfold because I don't ever want to have to say these words ever again in my life. But why am I, why am I having to tell this story five times to the, to the head of HR finally because you have no system in place for when this happens. I can't be the only person that's ever experienced sexual harassment in men's warehouse. So you didn't. And this wasn't even that long ago. We're talking like six, seven years so, ago. It's not like way back when. So there's no, like, obviously, as you stated, there's no process. Okay. Um, there's no, or maybe have they changed since then? You can't just like, there's not like a complaint line or an ethics line or anything like that within. Well, there is. And, and does that there actually is. go to a real person? Yes. And I've used that line five other times regarding my, uh, regarding one of my regional managers, because that was the other problem I had was with a regional manager that would constantly talk about how women need to be wearing dresses and heels. Um, you're, he would always say things like, you're lucky to be a woman working at men's warehouse. Um There would always be these creepy stories about how he would go up, he would go to other store managers in the area. Like it never happened to me, but I would always hear, you know, we all talk. So you go to this one other store manager and be in the back room alone with her and be like, you know, I can make your life a lot easier around here if you just, you know, and they'd call me and be like, you're never going to believe what this guy said to me today. You didn't do it. Did you (laughs) like, absolutely not. But he was looking. You know, and he wasn't, he wasn't even careful about it. Like this, he was way too comfortable doing it. Which means that. he's got away with it for a very long time. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I called HR every single time one of these things happened where he's saying things to me like, you're lucky to be a woman working in men's warehouse and stuff like that. Absolutely. I'm calling HR. I was so done with him because he was constantly making these comments, you know, about how women have their place and blah, blah, blah. And, and so what ha- the process is when you call this number, they have a hotline where you can stay anonymous or you don't have to. That's up to you. But when you call, they have to 
they are required to do an investigation and it goes down the line. So it starts at the VP. So this is the hierarchy. Mm -hmm. It starts at the VP. They tell the VP, the VP right below him are all the regionals and then so on. So it goes to the VP. Well, guess who's one of the biggest part of the problems in men's warehouse are those VPs. The, the one in particular I'm thinking of was probably the worst. And I can tell you that George Zimmer himself had issues with, with this, where he was himself engaging in women in the company, particularly at the holiday parties and events where managers were, and everybody knew it. You knew what was going to happen at those holiday after parties. They had these after parties. They were usually in a VP's hotel room. Or George Zimmer's hotel room himself. They were in um, out at uh, Chaminade, which is a resort in uh, San mm -hmm. Jose. Um, the Chaminade is amazing, by the way. This has nothing to do with them yeah. as a company. <laughs> so I do not want anyone to say anything about Chaminade because they are phenomenal. The people that work there are great. But he had his he had like this, you know, suite there and. Everybody knew what was going on in that suite. And you knew it because I, I knew it. I knew not to show up. Certain people knew not to go. If you wanted to, you know, not be part of that, then you just didn't go. But yeah, he, uh, there were stories that came out of that stuff. Those nights were... So the VPs are part of the problem. They're part of the cultural problem. George Zimmer was part of that culture problem. You know, he he was great at treating his employees well. I believe part of it was that he had to. He might have truly cared about people. And I really, truly believed in his management style, coming from a servant leadership, putting employees first, even ahead of customers. That is how it should be done. But... This guy perpetuated a culture that was absolutely grotesque. And those the VPs that are still there in that company today are still living by those principles and operating that company by those principles. And the people in that company are still suffering those, those consequences. I, I have to agree with you because I've always felt like not necessarily the VPs, but when you get to the regional VPs, I, I think you've got some companies out there where your VPs and your actual presidents are actually pretty decent. All right. But you you could almost equate most of retail regional VPs with the VPs you're speaking of at Men's Warehouse. They're a stopgap. Nothing makes it past them. You know, it, it doesn't matter how bad That's it right. is. Yeah. It gets to them and that information stops. The people that really need to hear what's going on never hear a bit of it. And, and that goes back yeah. to something we talked about the other night with Dr. Carbo about how it's really starting to reach a point in these businesses where there's going to have to be an outside entity that handles these kind of situations and complaints, because obviously anything that these companies have in house isn't doing anybody any good. Yeah. They only Correct. exist to protect themselves. And you know, it, it's, I, I just, it's a shame because I think, I think one of the problems we have in, in the, the customer service industry, it really doesn't matter if it's clothing or just regular, you know, hard goods retail or whatnot, is that there's no support system really for the boots on the ground. And, you know, as a whole, you've got this army of 
regional vice presidents, vice presidents, DMs, you know, sweeping stuff under the rug that when you go back and you look at it and you start reliving all these things you've went through, it's no surprise that everybody's quitting everywhere. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. That's, that's the culture that everybody doesn't want to, the unsupportive, abusive and toxic culture that exists in retail. Yeah, exactly. And um, we had a comment come through. Can anyone explain to me where it makes any sort of business sense to apply alcohol to a business function? Well, that's that's a very valid. Very, <laughs> look, oh. I was a quote unquote store director for a fairly large home decor chain. And, you know, just like you were talking about, Allison, you know, you got your yearly shindig you have to go to. And ours was in um, in Texas and at the, at the Gaylord Texan. And, you know, they basically bought a club for a night. And, um, you know, at our dinner events, it was open bar. And that comment makes a lot of sense because yes. there's just some people that act a fool and cause some problems. And it's almost like they provide that because they expect that. You know, to me, if if, yeah. if you're offering that, well, I, somebody somewhere, you know, it's not necessarily like the higher ups, but people understand that's going on and it becomes predatory because you're using that. Well, and to address that whole business sense to apply alcohol to a business function, it was a holiday party. So, yes, mm-hmm. it is a business function, but I have to tell you. Everybody knew that those after parties, it was way more. Oh, yeah. Than it's, it's the, the, you know, you can't talk about what happens in the champagne room. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Because yeah. the champagne is the nicest right, part exactly. about it. Exactly. And, and, you know, and, that, and that's amazing because, you know, I've had instances, you know, where I, I get to sit back and watch how people get foolish. And it's like, whoa, because all that stuff eventually down the line, it might not happen in your current career where you're at, but karma's a thing, man. It's going to come get you. And, you know, I'm thankful, you know, for both of you that, that, you know, you know, especially you, Allison, with what you had to deal with that you got out. So what made you leave? Was it this kind of lack of support system or it it was just time to go? Well, part of it was, there was a lot of reasons. It was it was right at the we got furloughed for the when the pandemic started for two months. And um it didn't matter what part of the country you're in. They furloughed everybody at the same time. And I don't know. I've been told, and maybe someone can help me with this, but I've been told that what they did was illegal. And I was told that today. So I haven't had time to research it. But uh the final straw was when they brought us back after the furlough at a gigantic pay cut. Like, like uh, 30, 40%. Yeah. Because uh, let's, here's an example. If you're making as I, I don't, I don't have a good one, but basically if you're making $10 an hour, they brought you back at five fifty or C and no commission. No more commission. They got rid of that. No more bonuses. They got rid of that. You were straight hourly. So you didn't even have that and, to and fall do, back on. Do you have any so knowledge you got cut of plus. whether or not they took the government loans out for the payroll protection program? 
that I don't be something to look I up. don't. What I do know is that they brought all the managers, like there was a new guy they hired who is a he used to work for me. He was one of my sales guys that I hired. Um and he was in college and they brought him in as a store manager at another store and they paid him the same amount as me after I'd been there for 15 years. Wow. I know the and I don't know if that was a gender pay gap thing or if that was just all the managers are making the same now. I know I the company I that, worked but. for during the pandemic that, you know, I got quote unquote furloughed as well, you know, actually got the government loan and it was only used to keep their quote unquote ride or die employees employed. Everybody else got laid off. So, yeah. yeah. But, you know, it, you know, it, it sounds like, you know, testosterone warehouse is pretty appropriate especially from a um an upper level probably getting out of the store level into the dm you know regional range it seems like it's an appropriate title uh, to be honest with you and you know i'm sorry yeah. that you guys had to go through it i mean asia it sounds like you're sucked but you know allison it sounds <laughs> like yours was uh, um um one of those things where you want to start clawing people's eyes out and i hate that you had to go through that but you're in a better place now right Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have to tell you one thing about this. I had migraines every three to four days to where I was seeing a specialist and I was working with doctors to try to figure out why I was getting these migraines. And I was on high blood pressure medication. I'm not even that old, <laughs> but I was on high blood pressure medication. I was on migraine daily migraine medication. And I had like a migraine pain reliever for when I got them anyway. And even on the meds, I was getting them every three to four days. And when we got furloughed for those two months, do you know I didn't get a single migraine for two straight months? And that's when I knew that was a huge sign that it was time to go. So when they offered me almost nothing to come back, I was like, and then they paid what's his name the same amount. I was like, uh, I'm out. That, I'm out. you know, it's amazing what leaving the business does for you it really is i mean i'll be honest with oh, you i've said this numerous times the only thing i miss really is the money because my you know my mental frame you know mental state is so much more relaxed and, and, and better now um it, it is yeah and when you're put in these situations and whatnot i mean a lot of people one of the things reason you know i started this whole thing is people don't really understand how hard the business really is they considered it you know they consider mm -hmm. what all of us do low skill no skill or whatnot it's a hard job and you know for you folks if you work in a in a situation where it's a selling environment people really really have no clue how hard that is. That is not easy. Well, it's also, sorry, it's also, uh, we deal with a lot of life mile, mm -hmm. milestones, which people are really connected to. Like, um, I mean, one thing I've learned over the years is that no matter what happens, people will always make, make space for a milestone. So that's like mm -hmm. when a child is born or that's like a uh, sweet 16 or, you know, a, uh, uh, a quinceanera or a wedding or a few, no matter nothing, nothing will stop those. And so a lot of that um, ties into emotion. And so when, when like the smallest hitch happens with a person's wedding or a person's uh, prom or um, debutante ball or whatever, you get the brunt of that, even mm -hmm. though it has nothing to do with you. And people don't understand that. And I mean, you can get, you can get four or five people who are just coming at you during the day 
just over a simple miscommunication, it's like, what is going on? Because I'm not clear on why you're upset with me. Because I'm just, I'm really just here to sell you a tuxedo. So yeah, I mean, people don't really understand that the there some people have very small, small triggers, um, because they've had this idea of something in their mind for so long, and they want it to go perfectly, and then a small hitch throws it off, and now you're getting you're getting yelled at for something that you don't even. Yep. Know. There's a lot, yeah, it's a lot of emotion and a lot oh, of idealism. Idealism, definitely. And, you know, when you're, especially like, you know, to your point, Asia, a lot of what you guys dealt with were special events. And, and mm-hmm. you know, you both, you know, like Asia, you, you were talking about how the, the bride has it visioned how she wants it all to be. You know, mm-hmm. that that is next level rage that you get if that goes down. I mean, that's 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 a that's whole true. lot different than somebody walking in just being mad because you're out of stock of something because you 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 made a great point about what they picture these milestones to be attached to their experience and they'll they'll just effing lose it. And you just got to sit there and take mm-hmm. it. And cuz you have no idea right, what's going on. And none of y'all are paid enough to sit there and take that. No. Not at all. So now if I had a dollar for every time a girl going to prom for the first time came into the store and put a, her dress or a picture or a swatch or a, her dress itself on the counter and discovered we didn't have the exact shade of pink to match her dress in a in a bow tie for her boyfriend. How, how many times that happened where she just broke down into tears right there in the store? Like we're not there. Exactly. But you're dealing with that. I mean, what do you say at that point? I mean, you're right. You know, you've got the bad side where you can get yelled at. And then all of a sudden you got people who break down and you're like, we're not emotionally equipped to handle that. You know, it's not like there's a training manual when you, oh, by the way, part of your training program is if somebody starts crying or no, you know, it's, it's just kind (laughs) of like, uh, I, you know, my wife will tell you I'm terrible, you know, with, with somebody crying. I I don't know how to respond. I'm just kind of like, just, all the the color just drains out of me and i have nothing to say i'm like uh sorry you know so yeah. there's no training program for that and, and i can imagine the yeah prom time and stuff like that that's got to be rough because that's an important moment to those young people you know that's all it yeah. is up it's until not when it, oh go ahead i'm sorry and sometimes it's not just like if it's the girl going to prom or if it's the woman getting married sometimes it's the tertiary person as well so it's the the yes. mother or the bride who it's now her wedding too because she didn't get to have a wedding for whatever. Ooh, I bet those are the so worst to deal with. To, she wants to control. Oh man, there's oh. a lot of those. I mean, it's basically their wedding. And then one thing we one rule we had in our store was that any changes that were made, any changes that were made, we had to call um, either the bride or the groom. And so I remember sometimes like the mother, of the bride will come in, or the father, of the bride will come in, and they like they don't like the color of whatever, so we have to call. Um, and they're like, why do you need to call? Uh, the groom, well, it's his wedding too. So we need to talk to him um, to see if this is okay. And they would just get such an attitude. I'm like, well, this it's the bride and the groom. It is not the mother of the bride, the father of the bride, father of the groom, mother of the groom. It's the two people's wedding. I don't know who you are. You could just be making up a name. These two people are the people I am working for. And so it gets really crazy because they, I mean, there's like a, a power struggle. Sometimes even between the bride and the mother of the groom, like it's, what is, 
I'm just here to sell a tuxedo. What is all this power struggle that you're yeah. arguing with me about? You're watching a family. You're watching all these different parts, like try their best to ruin an important day. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. And these, and most of the employees there are making seven fifty an hour. They're like not right. Exactly. Like, like, like you're have, getting paid. Like I have homework after this. I have algebra right. yeah. in the morning. I don't care about what you're That's talking the importance about. Stuff. One lady, I, I, I kid you not, one lady called my boss and said I was trying to ruin her wedding. And I told my boss, if I tried to ruin this lady's wedding, I would just change her entire wedding. I could change everything about that wedding. I could change the tuxedos. I could change the day they had delivered. I could change yep. the color, everything. I could change literally everything. She would never know. I was like, I don't care about this lady and her wedding. Like, I'm 19. I don't care about your wedding. I have statistics class in the morning. Look, <laughs> you guys, I, when I'm done here, I'm going to start making posts. I want, I want people to work at bridal shops. I, this, this, ooh, I, I, well, I just had a comment in, in the chat. My first job was dyeing shoes to match wedding and prom. Don't bother explaining texture differences to those people. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, yeah. yeah. Textures, textures make black look different. So people sometimes will get cheap on the suit and they already have a black suit. So I'll just wear that. But then we bring the pictures in and one person has a satin suit. One person has a silk suit, polyester, some other weird blend. So all, all the blacks are different. Wow. All right. So it's, yeah, people don't think so we're sitting an hour and a half. I have one question to ask you both. You ready? Do okay. you miss it? Ready? No. <laughs> 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 I do. I have made like like uh, Allison said. I have made a lot of good friends um, from Men's Warehouse. So I will say that the camaraderie was great. The employees, um, most people I worked with were great, and even today, uh, I still talk to uh, many of them. However, um, that is a place that I also learned a lot about boundaries, and I learned a lot about what is acceptable and unacceptable from an employer. And so, from that standpoint. Um, I enjoyed the lesson, but I didn't enjoy the the path I had to take to learn it. But I, I for sure, um, I miss my friends. I live far away from everybody now, um, but I don't miss the company overall. Allison, your turn. Yeah, I have pretty much the same answer. I enjoyed the job itself. I think making people look good with fashion is fun, and you can watch someone walk in that is wearing you know, jeans and a t-shirt and you get them in front of the mirror in a suit and it changes them when they feel good about how they look. And I, I did really enjoy that. Um, but really right now, all that I truly miss are the, the work family that I had and the people that work there, the company can go burn in a fire. I don't <laughs> it's going out back. It's going to have a conversation. Well, you know, you, right. both, both of you made the perfect statement. It is, you know, it's funny because a lot of these companies try to tell you, oh, we're a family. Well, no, not within the boundaries of the company you are, but you wind up making friends that basically become family, you know, for a lifetime. And if there's one takeaway yeah. from the entire industry, at least we got that, you know, and you know, I've made wonderful friends all through the years, the different places I've worked, same with, you know, with y'all. And that really, when you look at it, it's kind of like the only benefit you get out of working in, you know, retail or sales or stuff like that, or the relationships that you get. Because everything else, like you said, the company can just burn to the ground. You know, it's, and, and there right. again, it shows how the workers understand it more than the corporations because that's a byproduct of being concerned about the people. And, you know, those relationships continue long after you're out of the business 
but the business is still standing and they're wondering why they've got turnover. Well, guess what? They've kind of missed the point. So culture, culture matters. Matter. Yes. Mm-hmm. So culture. Matters. So you two ladies, thank you so much. Now, um, I might be reaching back out to you again. Cause I'm, I'm dead serious about this bridal thing. Let's yeah, do it. So, oh, yeah. so, so we got, we got yeah, yes. There are groomzillas too. And we have the, oh, yeah. Oh, so, man. so, yes, so give me a couple of weeks. I got some stuff coming up and, and we're going to, we're going to do this bridal thing. I, I've made up my mind tonight. We're going to do it. So um, I'll, I'll be back <laughs> in touch with you guys um, just to let everybody know next Wednesday, the year anniversary shindig for the retail war zone. We're one year old as of groundhog day. Right. And um, special surprise for those that don't know that that are going to be on the show, Adam Cott will be with us. So we're going to talk about you know what our year has been like and where we've been and whatnot. Um, Allison Asia, thank you so much for being here tonight. It's always a blast doing these kind of things, and you know I love having people tell their stories. Um, the Retail War Zone is basically a story driven machine, so you know it is what it is. But like I said, I'm going to be getting with you guys. We're going to do the wedding thing. Um, sometime in March. So are both of you good with that? All right. Yeah. So thank you. For oh, not a problem. No, that's perfect. Oh that's yeah. So, season. so we, 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 we are going to go in in March. So get your notes and stuff together and, and we're going to do this. All right. All right. Everybody Absolutely. have a great yes, night sir. and we will see you next Wednesday.